presents Hello everybody, it's Ian Fleming and welcome to uh, Quirky Cameras Podcast Episode 12. Uh, We've been off air for quite a bit of time, I think, since last November, December, and I need to explain that gap to you, really. Um, Sadly, my wife, Jackie, passed away in April this year, and so uh, I haven't really felt up to doing a podcast and been in the right space. In fact, I haven't hardly done any photography until recently. Uh, I didn't. The last film I developed until I'd done one recently was last uh, November. Um, so this uh, podcast really is in honour of my wife. God bless her. Uh, we hadn't even been married three years, so it's not been an easy time for me, obviously. She died peacefully at home with her family and everybody here. Um, so this podcast... Uh, I'm not going to talk about much about cameras. We're going to talk about light meters because um, my wife was an antique dealer and collector, uh, which was fortunate for me because obviously I like collecting the odd thing or two. Uh, and uh, one morning she said to me, she woke up, she said, Ian, I've had a dream. She said, uh, you've taught me something. I dreamt about light meters. So this edition of the Quirky Camera podcast is about light meters. So I suppose we should say, why have a light meter at all with modern phones and modern cameras? Well, if you're shooting, let's say, on a Rolly TLR or any TLR that doesn't have a built-in light meter, uh, medium format, I think a light meter is a good thing to have. And if you're shooting large format of any size, you definitely need a light meter, in my opinion. Um, So, uh, yeah, and also I think only a light meter, you get your eye in, you get to sort of look at the light and often you can make an accurate guess uh, for shooting colour neg or black and white um, without even using the meter. So I think, you know, you will get to know what Sunny 16 means as is this podcast title. So uh, let's start off by discussing the basics. So. You can buy early light meters, but there's a few catches. Kodak and Polaroid, of course, decided to number them in their own system. So that you basically, you had to buy a camera with their numbering system on it. I have a p- lovely Polaroid light meter that went with a Co- Polaroid 95A that's just numbered 1 to 9. And sure enough, the camera is just numbered 1 to 9. So the it works, but um, it's completely useless for anything else. And Kodak went down the same system, as you will all know, with American uh, numbers. Uh, but eventually we got to what we all know today. So where would you start? Well, I thought it was my favourite easy light me to purchase, but they've gone up a lot in prices, Western Master 5. Usually, because they've been kept in the leather case, the selenium meter's usually okay. I've got, I've bought four or five. I've probably got three or four of those with the um, Invercone, and they all work fine. And I've metered um, 
even slide film at uh, large format with one of those quite successfully. So uh, I think if you want to buy a vintage meter, um, you can't go wrong with a Western Master 5 or a Euromaster, basically. Um, just be careful who you buy from, obviously, and check just because the needle works. They do suffer. The lock uh, thing on the side often plays up. But uh, I've got three or four. I've had ones that just won't work at all. And I've resold those on eBay dead cheap to somebody else who knows how to fix them, basically. So that's what I would suggest as a good starting point for light meters. The next thing you need to consider when you're buying a, a used light meter, probably I would suggest, is uh, does the selenium cell work? And usually, if they, as I said before, if they've been in the leather case, you should be lucky and they'll be fine. And also what batteries it takes, if it takes batteries. So um, I've got, uh, I'm a bit of a Gossen fan, and I've got a Luna Pro, but uh, a Luna Pro Basic, which takes good old PX625s, obviously. So with that, you're going to have the problem, which you need the inserts to put a modern battery in. Uh, otherwise, it will read wrong, and you don't want your light meter reading wrong. So probably I would buy uh, the uh, Luna Pro SBC from Gossen, a bit more expensive, very similar in use, um, but takes a, an ordinary 9-volt PP3 MN1604 battery, a modern battery, uh, and it switches itself off when it's not in use, etc. Uh, so that's a good choice, I think. And I like the Luna Pro, it's a great meter, but I say it takes PX625s. Um, also on the Gossen front, if you want to go really modern, and I picked up one for, I think I picked this up for 50 or 60 pound, a 6 to Mac Digital, a modern digital light meter from Gossen. Uh, again, a good light meter, just takes one AA cell. Can't really go wrong, can you? And it's dead easy, to, I think it's dead easy to use. Um, so on my Gossen uh, fix, are they're good light meters, uh, really. I think so, anyway. And you can, you know, obviously offset the EV and all the usual stuff. So if you've got a, a rangefinder or something and you want a hot shoe light meter, well, I would say sh get a Codalux. They usually come in the leather case. They're really old. Um, and they sit on... They're a cold shoe mount light meter from Kodak. Um and they've even got a little thing you can slide over the front to make it into, um, like the Invercones, reflective. But actually, uh, I bought one, oh, maybe 20 or 30 quid. It's absolutely minty and fine. Again, selenium, so you are taking a risk. Um, but a Codalux uh, for a shoe-mounted light meter. A, a good choice, in my opinion. Uh, it's a sweet little object, quite pretty. Looks great on a vintage rangefinder. Another pretty light meter, of course. Who else would make a pretty and lovely light meter? That has to be Zeiss, doesn't it? Um, the Zeiss Icon Icofot. Probably one of the prettiest light meters you'll get. The good thing about light meters is you can collect them and you don't fill the house up. You know, they're not huge. Um, you can have all sorts of them. And they, you, if you shop around, you can pick them up quite cheap. I think the uh, the, the Icofot's lovely. It's that really, again, comes with the... Um, uh, incident or reflective bit to stick on the front again selenium but because it comes in a leather case the meter works fine um, and being Zeiss of course it's just you know a nice bit of kit um, so the Zeiss Icon Icofot uh, I-K-O-P-H-O-T right 
let's choose another one. So, modern spot meter. Where are you going to get a modern spot meter? Well, we could go down the whole rabbit hole of spot meters, but in my opinion, you've got to go to Raveni Labs. Uh, Matt Mirage likes this. I like this. This is a modern spot meter. Takes two triple A's, or I think it, when it, if you don't fit the, the adapter, it takes um, uh, LR44s. Uh, it's, it's a fantastic bit of kit. Um, tiny, uh, particularly if you're doing large format. And if you're a zone system fan, which I'm not, I have to say, uh, I, I tend to just meter, uh, but it is a really good uh, spot meter. So the Raveni Labs, they now make an incident light meter, which looks lovely as well, to be honest. Um, and last but not least, oh, I know I've got a few more to go. What a surprise, Ian's light meter collection. Uh, let's go for Flash. So if you're doing flash, uh, in-studio flash, you need a light meter. I picked up the Minolta 5, again for under £100. Um, I don't know whether this will work with modern flashes. It works with the vintage flashes that wreck your digital cameras if you plug them into your digital cameras. Um, this is a great flash meter. Um, you know, you can get accurate readings uh fire the flash and everything before you shoot your large format or in particular i've used it with 8x10 polaroid and obviously that's a, a money rinser so you need to actually get it accurate before you shoot and it's it's absolutely fine a minolta flash meter a good buy if you're doing flash of studio work and another good studio meter coming up the Sakonic. uh Studio Master, this is the Studio Deluxe, um, which you can do key to fill measurements and everything with this. It came with the, all the bits, um, and I bought this from London Camera Exchange. It must have been a few years back, 39 quid. Hey, it's mint. Uh, obviously, you know, it's not a flash meter, but in terms of if you were doing uh, continuous lighting, studio lighting, um, it's absolutely fine. It's a lovely meter. Uh, a bit more complicated to use, but you can soon find the instructions on the internet. Sakonic, uh, a good, another good meter. So that's a quick tour around my selection of light meters. Um, it's not a huge podcast, really. Um, I will put in the notes links to all the different sorts of light meters. I didn't think you wanted me to spend hours discussing how each one worked, really. Um, other developments in my life... Uh, as you know, I'm using a pixelator for scanning my negatives. Well, I bought the Seven Artisans uh, f2.8 60mm macro for my uh, 50D, and it's a, been an eye-opener. Number one, obviously, it's a one-to-one -one macro, so I now fill the frame better on the EOS uh, M50. Uh, and, uh, you know, when you doing focus it's a fully manual lens but you can see uh, all the pics all the grain on the film uh, when i uh, when i'm using um uh, live view on the camera at times 10 which is what i do before i shoot each frame the other improvement is negative lab pro 3 role analysis for color film wow is that a major improvement from nate um so you you shoot the whole roll off uh, uh, and don't do frame by frame analysis you then uh, highlight them all in um, Lightroom and tell Negative Lab Pro to do a roll analysis and the results I have to say I've done Cine Still 400D uh, off it 
and absolutely fantastic. That is a good film as well, the Cine Still 400D, which I've shot at 400 for daylight. But I would another great film from Cine Still, um, guys. So um, I think that's it for this podcast. It's not a huge long one, I know, but I just wanted to get back in the zone and say hello to you all. And uh, photography's been a lifesaver for me going through bereavement. Um, it's given me, you know, I did take... Um, in June, uh, my wife's venerable old Bolingo to France for three weeks with way too many cameras in the back. But uh, it's a 17 year old car and there's room for, yeah, don't ask how many cameras I took. But anyway, uh, it was a good trip uh, and it helped me. It's been a lifesaver, photography and walking uh, and gardening. Um, so that's it for me. Uh, thanks again for listening, guys. This is Ian Fleming with the Quirky Camera Podcast. Bye. Keep shooting photos, shoot, shooting film. <laughs>